episode of The Jasmine Tea. I'm your host, Jasmine Tea, and we are coming to you from the Sidewalk Field Center of Cinema in Birmingham, Alabama. Tonight's host is Miss CJ Wade. Hello to the people. Hello, party people. And we're going to be recapping Richardson episode four for you guys. So The Jasmine Tea always brings you piping hot commentary on all of your favorite black and black shows. Black be black just really means that black people like it, okay? So if black people approve, we'll talk about it. Drop some of your favorite seasons or, you know, TV shows, movies in the comments because we are halfway through the Jasmine Tea season one. So first of all, praise God. Okay, Monday, this was just an idea in my head and now you're watching me, okay? So yes. So for season two, I got a few things in mind, but if you will let me know what you want us to talk about, I would definitely appreciate it. Now, Brian, yes, the first thing we start off with here is what's been brewing. We talk about what have the people been saying on Beyonce's internet. Usually comments come from Black Twitter or Facebook. But our first moment, and I feel like this might be dear to your heart because you be singing, you know, you got the gift. Um, it's about the Bridgerton musical. Have you seen it? Have you heard about it? I've only heard about it, and okay. I am so excited to see it at some point in life. <laughs> I love musicals. Musicals are awesome. I'm that person that's like, what? It's coming out? I'll get my ticket. Yes. I hate musicals. It's too much noise. Um, so I, I really had to, like, the story got to pull me in for, the, for me to appreciate a music. Agreed. And so the Bridgerton musical is on TikTok, number one. So... That's how Miss um, Abigail Barlow started it. Um, and she has a lovely voice, first of all. And then she like turned on her guest feature on TikTok so other people could chime in. Oh and so gosh. it's just been like building and building. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't seen the Bridgerton musical, you know, people usually feel all of their TikToks on Instagram anyway. You can just search the hashtag and check it out because it's been really good. It's got like reviews from the official Bridgerton account. Oh my gosh. Um, and I'm still waiting on them to notice me, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> you, you see her now. You know, you, you see her. So you appreciate musicals. You would watch the Bridgerton musical if it came to like a real stage somewhere. Absolutely. I would. You. I would totally. Be. I would. You. I feel like just watching them see it on TikTok. I was like, okay, I can get into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Our second moment brewing on the internet here um, is the Duke of Hastings. Okay, he's proved himself to be a modern day couple. Pretty much. Um, he has this comment about not being able to marry Daphne yes. because she's just such a good girl. You know, like, yes. oh, you're just such a good woman. So I want to know. I know that I have heard before, you know, that, oh, you know, you're such a good girl. I don't want to, you know, screw around on you. I know I'm a dog. And I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to be a dog to you. Have you ever heard a line like that? Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I've heard that multiple times. If I could insert an eye roll emoji on <laughs> my face, I would. Um, I've heard that so many times, and to me, it just demonstrates a lack of a lack of discipline and diligence. Because I'm a firm believer that a man goes after what he wants. You know, he goes after what he wants. You know, it could be a big screen TV. He gonna go after it. The new PlayStation Five. He gonna go after it. And then if he wants a woman that he is absolutely drawn to, he's going to go after her. So yeah. don't tell me I'm too good for you to pursue. And then, you know, if there are any guys watching out there, um, what would you say? How would you like for a guy to approach you? Because I feel like 
you know, as a female here, as a woman, I'm like, dear God, just say something. Like, hello. <laughs> just right. say the thing. Yeah. But on their end, I imagine it has to be kind of intimidating or sure. scary. You know, like, do they need to try to be funny or, you know, what What would you like a random guy who might be here? How would he approach you when he's laughing? I would say, just be honest. You know, what honest look like? I, I noticed you from across the room and I, you grabbed my attention. Or, I really love your dress. Um, a compliment, a, co- a compliment, an honest compliment, honest compliment to me yeah. always works. You know, like in a in a platonic relationship or romantic one, people can tell if you're honest and you're complimenting them. Another thing is just be honest about what you want. Yeah. You know, don't be playing around out here in these streets. Yes. Just say what you want. You know, hey, I'm really, I really want to get to know you better. You know, yeah. can we can we meet up Saturday? And do such and such. Just be honest. Yeah, I like how you said, "Can we meet up on Saturday and do such and such?" Because I appreciate the plan. I appreciate the thoughtfulness of you coming to me with an idea of yes. how you would like to take me out or what you would like to do. Like, um, you know, some guys will ask you out and say something. They go, "What you want to do? Where you want to go?" Not make this decision. It's what I'm like, like, yeah, too. yeah. And I appreciate the consideration that sometimes is coming from. Yeah, it, is, it can also sound like a cop out. Yeah, like I'm just gonna do whatever what you want to do, and then mm-hmm. as long as we do what I want to do later, then we good. Yeah, no, not the case. Yeah. <laughs> how would you guys like to be asked out in the comments, whether you're a guy or a girl? How would you like someone to approach you? Now, one thing I can say about the Duke and his little, you know, gift boy ways. Daphne's mom did say that a reformed rake, and guys, we know that a rake in Bridgerton times just means he fucks streets. Okay? Yes. So a reformed rake makes a good husband. Now, what do you think about that? Because we do have this concept among guys, amongst men sometimes that, you know, I have to go out here, like I'm coming up to America and stole my royal oats. Right. And then <laughs> once I finish doing that, then I can come find me a lady, and I know there will be one lady, and I'll settle down. So do you think a reformed rake? Could make a good husband. I think it is a good settlement. <laughs> I think it's a good way to settle for a piece of a man or not at all. Okay. Um, all right. Because if you're a rake, you're a rake. You know, again, I believe men go after what they want. So, But can the rakes be reformed? If you reform, you're not a rake. <laughs> okay. It's a fact. If you reform, you are not a rake. All right. And on that note, moving on to number three, because there's nothing left to be said. Bridgerton six minutes. They're heating up. <laughs> They're heating up. We're going to delve more into this episode, you know, as we about the things that are going on. But we can even look at Daphne's brothers. You know, yeah. they have lovers. They've been doing the thing. They've been raking. Raking. Raking through the time. Yes, they have. Um, you know, is this typical romance novel behavior? It kind of gives me a little bit of like old school Danielle Steele kind of vibes, you okay. know, every now and then. And I wasn't an avid romance novel reader, but mm-hmm. I would read some, some because of course, I was too young to read them at mm-hmm. the time. Um, but as time progressed, it's like I feel as though their scenes are, I feel like they're steamy, but they're culturally steamy. Okay. Like they, they still keep the cultural, like, general. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Something like, Something like that. I don't feel like they're just a sexy. I feel like they keep with the cultural integrity of what's going on. You know, like the um, undressing of the female or even the brothel or, you know, just to kind of put some context around it. Because those things were happening. You know? Like it's not just sex, it's art. 
I think, <laughs> I think it is. I think it's artistically done. Okay. Um, you know, because we've, we've seen sex scenes in TV shows and movies before. But to me, in Bridgerton, it, it goes with the storyline. I don't feel like they just threw it in there to make it sizzle. No, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, especially between Daphne and Simon, because it is kind of like building up. Like, we see Daphne. Sis wants to do it. She's like sweating <laughs> and panting when he comes in. Yes. It's like when they were at the scene um, where it was like the boxing match. We boxing yes. And she's sitting there with the prince. The whole prince. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yes. He's a nice specimen to look at. We've already established it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But she's like swooning across the room with a whole prince <laughs> on her arm. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's fun. Yeah. Which is really. You know, kind of their definition a little bit. Like it you, is. You right there makes you afraid. But see, I just feel like Daphne was embracing the spirit of Lori Hart. Okay, she said, "I got, <laughs> options. I got options. I'm going to, you know, make my decision. I'm going to redeem them." This is true. <laughs> this is true. Okay, so now let's get into our poppy pot moments mm-hmm. for episode four. And Daphne and her, you know, options are one of the very first topics. One of the biggest moments in this episode was when the Prince of Prussia, mm-hmm. um, we know that it's the Queen's nephew, gives Daphne, Daphne this lovely diamond yes. ring down. Yes. Okay. And one of my favorite parts about that scene is because the Queen tells him, like, give her your gift. Like, he's like, he introduces her, you know, good morning, Daphne, how you doing? Just be well. And the Queen is like, you know, let's get her gifts. You put a gift. It's true. It's very true. She was quite assertive. Yes, she is. Let's get to it. So, when I thought about that, would things like that impress you? You know, we just talked about how you like a guy to approach you. Um, our gifts here look like Daphne seemed, she didn't really seem bothered by the necklace. She didn't really seem phased. Yeah, it kind of seemed like it was. Yeah, 
Duh. <laughs> um, the second one is quality time. And I think that kind of plays into like my introvertedness. My introvertedness sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's not that like I don't want to be around people. I just want to be around my people. You know, that like certain people. That you know, part. let's do nothing together. That yes. the same space. Yes. You know? Yes. Something like that. I mean, <laughs> tell the people like if I want to spend time with
Like, go ahead and either check it or get down with it. One of the two. You know, let's both agree. Like, let's both agree. They were like with the, the artwork scene. You know, and holding, uh, brushing hands, holding hands. Ever so yes, that was so intense. You know, like, at that point, you know that was more than you. So yeah. nobody's around. Yeah. So how do people get out the friend zone, though? Because right then, they were, like, yeah. pretending to be friends. How can people get out the friend zone? You gotta just be straight up. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, that's something to me that is so delicate. You can't dance around it. You can't give hints. You gotta say, listen, I, I'm really feeling you, and I like you more than your friend. Is that something you're interested in? I'm a fan of direct communication. <laughs> I don't have time for games, you know, in any form of life. So if you just say it, at least you both know where you are. Yeah. Now, if the person lies, that's a different story. Okay, let's see what our audience is saying here. Oh, let's see. You can't get out the friend zone. Oh. Let me tell you who you're not going to get, Dr. White. Listen, listen. You're in the friend zone. It is so hard to get out of the friend zone. Oh, indeed. Oh, man. Okay. Second piping hot moment comes from Miss Marina Thompson. She's trying to find a baby daddy, okay? Um, she's come here <laughs> with this condition, as they keep saying. Yes, so condition. She's pregnant. And so we see her um, with Lord Rutledge, who, I don't know who was freakier, um, Lord Burbrook, when he was trying to hit up on Daphne, or Lord Rutledge. Lord Rutledge looks like he could be Lord Burbrook's granddaddy. He looked like he could be King Cooper, also, uh, um, Nintendo. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah. And so Lady Featherington is, like, presenting Marina to him, like, she can sew, and she mm-hmm. can play the piano, forte, and all that jazz. Like, it's an option. Yes. You know? Show me your teeth. That's what got me the most. Yes, show me your teeth. <laughs> and then he said his teeth were dead, so yes. like, this, that is not, that don't make it better. So, first of all, what happened to yours? What happened to yours? What happened? And why did you feel like the next highest quality was a dead soldier's teeth? So, first of all, you. Yep. Um, but, is the dating game like that? Like, do we present ourselves, put ourselves out here? Like, I am a college-educated, you know, well-employed, occupied woman. You should choose me. Um, how do we, like, how do we get ourselves out here? I think we we tend to date an image of people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that image is what we've created of that person. And there may be red flags, and we're totally ignoring them because we have this portrait of them, and we're dating that. Or so you just gonna snatch my life loud and like this, huh? Okay. Platter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we either do that or we tend to portray whatever the image is and then hope that that person doesn't see, you know, the real us. So then we have to have everything tight and right and snatched perfect every single time. Because that's what we show them the first time. Yeah. So then we feel like we have to keep it. So I think we we date an image of people, you know, mm-hmm. and we can't help it because we're in a very, we're in a different society. You know, they dated more for lineage, you know, back then, and dowries. <laughs> yes, dowries. Um, I had to look up what dowries were. I was like, oh, so they basically pay you to marry this woman. Wow. Yes. But it's still have money. But if you look at like African traditions, it's the other way around. Yes, it is. So what and Indian mean? traditions is kind of like the teeth. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. it is. So that's why the teeth thing is such a big deal. Like, you're literally, almost like you're not a horse. You yeah. Know, like, is she is she sturdy for childbearing? <laughs> I'll um I see how she spins on the floor. Like, yes. I was like, oh my god. Mm, he's gross. He's yeah, gross. He's definitely is. But that's why he was making up as a good fall guy. True. A good fake baby daddy because he's old 
He wants a hair. He wants to be asking questions about where this baby's coming from. Honestly, he looks like he might be infertile by that age. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so, but you did make a good point how we can fall in, fall for like the image of somebody or what we want them to be. Let's see. Dead Carl definitely agrees with you. So I make sure I don't say what I do. That's right. You can't be letting everybody in your business. They don't need to know where they can find you other than how we do it. Or whatever form of communication I've given. Yes. Um, especially when people like ask for your number. A lot of times I'll just take your message because <laughs> I don't need you pulling me up or something like that. Yeah. If you just be keep it authentic, it'll be all right. Like I don't like if you're gonna date somebody, again, don't date them because of what they can do for you. Now it's transactional. Yeah, so yeah. Lady Featherington is listing off this list of like qualities and things that Marina has that would make her attractive. Mm -hmm. What do you think about people who have lists of their own? Of like, Ooh. this is what I want from a guy. He got to be, you know, Ooh. six feet tall, eight figures, chocolate, or whatever. Whatever your preferences are. What do you think about lists? Are they like beneficial? Because, you know, you got some people, and even people in the, in the Christian church of faith who are like, Write down your wishes and pray to yes. God about it and trust that He will bring them along. Yes. How does that how does that work? Walk around like, seven times. Yeah. You know. Put a little stage over that awesome Crisco on it. Yeah. I mean, you know. I, I have again a maybe not so popular answer <laughs> for that. Um, I think it's good to know what you want. I just don't think that you need to let it govern what God wants to do. Okay. I don't believe that at all. You know, so many of us have had a, a certain life we had in our heads of how our life was going to be. And it probably changed 15 times between kindergarten and 12th grade. So, I used to want to be an astronaut. Me too. supposed to be on this planet, y'all. I'm supposed to be in space. Oh, I know. <laughs> yes. Oh, we're supposed to be up there before grade. Before grade too. Um, but, like, I feel we can know what you want. It's okay to know what you want. Like, you know you want a God-fearing man. You know you want uh, someone who makes above 40,000. Like, it's okay to know what you want and seek after what you want. But if God gives you, you know, a man that is, like, perfect for you, because people forget that marriage is not always what you want, it's what you need. Mm. So that person may be what you need. And so how do you tell, you though? Like, how do you be flexible enough to, like, open up to that? Because if you're thinking, like, I done told the Lord that this is what I want and this what he bring me, if mm. something else show up, how do you like open yourself up to it? Or, or you know, if it is what you need, yeah. it, will they just get you anyway? I think you know, in in general, I think you know when someone's the ex. Like, you're like, yeah, no. <laughs> you know, if you always, you know, smoking drugs or whatever, like if you're a drug dealer, no shade, it's just, and you know that's not on your list, then it's not on your list, you know? So I think some things you may know out the gate, mm -hmm. but I think for me, it really is a discernment thing. You have to be able to talk to that person. And I was always told, you find someone you can make decisions with. Ah. If you don't feel like you can make decisions with this person and they listen to you and try to understand you and you understand them and make compromises and you don't feel like you can do that with that person, then you may need to, you know, swipe. <laughs> Somebody that you can make decisions with because that means that they have to like hear you, understand you, respect you. 
I heard a quote, I can't remember where I heard it from now, um, but it said that your wedding day should be the least faith-filled day of your life. Mm. Simply because mm. in dating this person, they should have shown you and proven to you by the time you walk down the aisle that they are trustworthy, respectful, like everything you want. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that just really stood out to me because like it just makes sense. It does. You know, like, oh man, I don't need to be walking down the aisle like, oh God, I hope this works for you, Lord Jesus. That's so true. <laughs> You're literally choosing to walk down the aisle to be yes. nobody pushing you. You're yes. literally choosing. So that means that, you know, if it's a if something going wrong, when you were dating, did they show you this? Did you had an opportunity yes. to kind of swipe left then, but you didn't? Yeah. Did you have maturity level to address Ooh, things? Not maturity level. Like, you don't stop. You know, I didn't invite you to get a snatch. <laughs> okay. Bridgerton right. does that. Bridgerton makes you think about what Our third popping hot moment is when Lady Danbury was talking to Simon um, as he was getting ready to leave for living, leave England. Yeah. Um, and she kind of lets him know, like, hey, I'm really upset that you let Daphne slip out of your fingers like this. We wouldn't even typically have this opportunity. So the piping hot moment is the racism, you know, yeah. little tinge of fact that she's in, she's funny with when she said that we, as in black people, she didn't say black people, but we, you know, she did. Um, yes. We didn't even have these opportunities. It's because of him fell in love with a black queen, this is Queen Charlotte. Um, that we can elevate it in society and allow the opportunity to be able to, you know, marry somebody like that and be at these balls, you know, mix and mingle like we do. And so this is our first instance of like racism, um, or race period. Yeah. In the in the show. Um Bridgerton was praised before coming on air for his diverse cast and you know, all of that. It's one of the beautiful scene. Um, but this is the first time we kind of like hint. And what I feel like is a real issue. And honestly, I don't feel like you got enough light. I don't feel like they delved into it enough. Yeah. Um, but what do you think? I, I'm i kind of mixed on it. I will say that. I didn't want the show to be only about the race factor. I wanted to see the show just weave us into the story because that's how we really were in society. So I wanted it to almost be normalized that you would see a black person on screen in Victorian attire. You know, that's what I was looking for. But again, I haven't read the books, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I gave myself a little bit of grace on that. <laughs> um, the second thing, though, is I love that she did insert it in there, at least, because at first, I wasn't even going to mention it at all. I knew that Queen Charlotte was put in there, but I was like, are they even going to verbalize it? Yeah, I you know? Like, yeah. I, yeah. It's kind of weird. Like, I was like, okay, I'm glad you're saying something, but I really wasn't. I don't want the whole show to be about it anyway. And so I was thinking, okay, well, I think I think they're okay. You know, I think they could probably dive into a little bit more, but supposedly they are going to go into another relationship or something um, later on in season two. And so maybe that'll grab, you know, some more of the, the color factor. Yeah, that was it. I felt like I, I too, when I first watched it, I was like, oh, yes, Black Me, Black Rami, okay, Lady Danbury. Um, but we were just going along and had said nothing about it. So I was like, okay, this is just what it is. This right. is normal. That's great. So then when they said something about it, I was like, ooh. Um, <laughs> right. But I don't know. I don't know what I was wanting, but I just felt like we really thinly skimmed the service. Yeah. yeah. And it left me wanting more. Um, so hopefully, like, I wish, because we hadn't seen any other story. Like, maybe if we seen the Queen's story, 
and got to see maybe like how you know this came to be the day basically opposition what was that like et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. um but you're right that's a black person in america who has been dealing with all of the white bullying um the past few months it is kind of exhausting to hear like another tale oppressed black people so no i didn't have a chance to like be another source of that but i think what we get to learn here. yeah I agree with that. I agree. Now, this is something, another standout moment in that scene was the, the Lady Danbury tells him, like, basically, love conquered all. Basically, we're here because love overcame the hatred of racism and we get to be here. And he's like, he tells her that, like, love don't be a thing. You know? Now, he is mad in jail. <laughs> so, but that's kind of like the tale we get from a lot of Disney movies and things anyway. Like, you know, if you wish upon a star and if you find your empty love, is that like, is that realistic or does, does love really like conquer, <laughs> conquer all the things? Can love overcome all the things? It, it comes with a little bit, you know, with love is blind, you know, yeah. we, we, we know this is a little bit. It may not have been the end all be all for all of these people, but I think that was a good testament to at least see that there were. Uh, a couple of people that that phrase applied to in an experimental context. So then when I look at it as far as Bridgewood is concerned or like in real life, I think it works for some people. There's some people that, you know, they may be um, three months in, they know that that's their person. It's like, boom, now they married 20 years. They may have somebody else, like, we had to date by four years, had to figure out some things. But I know this my person, you know, and they know without a shadow of a doubt that that's their person after four years. Um, or five years. Um, so I don't I don't know. I don't know if it's really a blanket. I do know that love does come to all the both allow love to be in. I yeah. do believe that. If you both allow love to, to shine in, I think it illuminates where you need to be or who you need to be with. I think love can come for all if you uh, allow love to be a burden. Like you're saying, like if I love you, that means I'm going to do the work. Yes. If I work you, whatever our situation is. Um, I don't think it's just like the masterful fuzziness of love. True. Love it represents like a dedication it to us. And it means like if I'm doing this and I'm putting all this effort in and you're doing the same, then at some point hopefully we can work through whatever has come up. Yes. Know? I think you can work like that. I agree. So it's yeah. a decision. The Duke just shut her off. Oh yeah, the Duke was like, I'm out. <laughs> he was like short tank. He's like, Ebony's reason I'm out. <laughs> And our last hype and hot moment for episode four is the garden scene. Ooh, Simon lays a big one on Daphne, but then don't sleep on Daphne because she brings it right back on. Yes, she does. Okay, so let's talk about these kids. Well, let's talk about now. It. She had just almost gotten proposed to by Prince Frederick, almost, mm-hmm. um, but she needed to excuse herself and just ran outside. And the Duke follows like mm-hmm. perfect fairy tale. Yes. And then out of their just heated moment, he kisses her. He kind of low key fumbled a He did. Like, no, no, it wasn't just a pick. <laughs> it wasn't just a pick. He, I thought like he was running around to that bed. <laughs> you know, it was going down. He, he, he did the thing. He did the thing. Okay. Um, but what do you think about that? Like, it was like, as we said, like the sex scene is a thing. The tension has been building. And then we finally get it here. Like, they're in a time where they're not even supposed to be in the garden together. You know? Right. Like she's not even supposed to be out without an escort. And now this scandalous deed has been done. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you like for, um, in terms of like dating and courting? 
Do you feel like, well, I don't know you look like a squeeze of a touch. You probably all down for it. <laughs> I mean, you know, you probably all down for it. But how do you think, like, that that plays into, like, relationships? Or do you think I can really build a relationship with you and get to know you without any type, without a hug, without a handheld, without anything? I believe you can build on it, yes. I think you have to. I think if you start off just with something physical, what happens is the physical is gone. Um, God forbid, but, you know, what happens if you have a stroke or, you know, you have to be in the hospital. Like right now we're in the middle of a pandemic and there's some people that they weren't planning on being in a hospital, you know, and now their marriage looks different right now, looks differently. So I think you need to have something that's a foundation to, to build on for sure. And so for him, I think that's what they were building on before the physical interaction was the intimacy, you know, going to the events together, talking, asking questions, uh, going on the promenade, and, you know, like <laughs> that's turning around the list. Yes, I think that's what they actually were doing without knowing that's what they were doing. Yeah. But that's what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. It was good enough. And so then we see this moment after, you know, the kids and Anthony sees him and he's pissed yeah, off yeah. because he beat his way to ruin his sister. Yes. And so, I mean, let's talk about that. All she did was hit somebody. Is she rude? Such a double standard. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Is she ruined? <laughs> if we look at today, you know, is there, what if you meet somebody, particularly, are guys more likely to be offended if your body count yes. is higher than theirs? Or is that even something we need to talk about? Do yes. Do you feel like that's any of your business? Yes. Part. Yeah. That the history nerd in me is like, dang, you knew 
was so happy that you got her in the garden. Now he got to do with you, and one of y'all made that. Like, I'm thinking in that mindset. So when they actually put that in there, I'm like, oh, it's got it's got to go down. It's got to go down now. You knew what was gonna happen. Yeah. Um. That's why he uh, he kept saying, you know, hey, you get out, you can come on, come back. You know, I'm, we can't be out here. And so I think Anthony was wise enough not to answer for his sister when he came back and was like, well, I know well enough not to answer for her. So I think he knew that there's a value there, but I think he was like, hey, it is what it is. You know, this is how this got to go down, so I'll meet you at dawn. <laughs> I'm right there. I'm already going to do this thing. So we have to do what we have to do. Yeah, he was just like, that's it. <laughs> All right, so now it's time for a little fun. Okay. We're going to get into our games and kisses. Okay. And so now, since um, Anthony was ready to lose his life um, for Daphne over this um, kiss here, tell me, which one of these celebrity square offs were worthy of a duel? And who should have just chilled out? Like, he was not ready. Okay. Yeah. Okay. First up, we have right. Cardi B and Nicki Minaj. We remember not too long ago, they got into a fight during Fashion Week. It was a really big deal because, in particular, people were acting like these two black women should not be cutting up during Fashion Week in front of all these white people. It's like, oh no, don't embarrass Nicole. Um, that's the whole conversation in itself. But they were fighting because Cardi alleges that Nicki was talking about her parenting. Mm-hmm. Nikki just became a mom. Perhaps things would be different now. But somebody talking about you and your parenting skills, do you feel like, and we saw that happen, they got into a fight. Right. Should they have just chilled out, or was that dual worthy? They should have chilled out. Okay, elaborate. Well, number one, I think there's too much parent shaming going on anyway. You know, I'm not in your house, you're not in my house. Now, unless you abuse your kids, they got black and brown abuses on, you know, now we can talk to it. That's too much parent shame anyway, you know, about stupid stuff. Then number two, y'all make too much money to be doing like that. <laughs> y'all just do. You, you make too many coins to be out here. I don't like the way you parent those son. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And cash my check. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next up, what about Drake and Meek Mill? Now, we have seen some lovely dish tracks from this, okay? <laughs> Love you. Um, but... Do you feel like all these shots that were taken here were some pretty spicy things said? Do you feel like they were dual worthy? Or should they just chill out? I think they're a chill out team. I do. They're in two different hemispheres in terms of their craft. Anyway, okay. you just need to stay in your lane. Okay. Okay. Stay in your lane. Drake and now Okay. You know. Even not even not Drake with the beer. No. <laughs> so I think. Just stay in your line. I mean, y'all, you're both good at what you do. So just do that. You know, at the end of the day, there are plenty of people that are talking about you. It must have bothered you that that should be the person talking about you. So let's let's dive into that. And that's a solo dive that you can take yourself. Ooh, that's solo dive. Okay. <laughs> Next. Okay. Now, this was a few, probably decades ago at this time, but when the Iraqi man threw up the shoe at George Bush. Now, this is just straight. This is that George Bush is our president. Okay, and he got a whole shoe thrown at him. We didn't start no war. We didn't send no missiles. Nobody um, bucked. They looked. Nobody booked back on America's time. <laughs> should we have started something or just chilled out? I think we should have nothing and bucket. I agree. And I don't okay. even like George. Um, I appreciate how he swoons over Michelle Obama. I do. But I ain't forgot what he did. 
Right. I don't think none of none of us, just, you know, <laughs> they grew up really paying attention, you know, to what's going on. Yeah. So, but I, that was just ridiculous and disrespectful. Like, if we were in someone else's country and did that, we would have just, folks love killing Americans. We would have been totally huh. dismembered or disappeared or something. So, yeah, I feel like mm-hmm. he should have at least, you know, came out with a black eye song. <laughs> okay. The last one is probably the most infamous. Okay. Pumpkin and New York for mm-hmm. Flavor of Love. Now, they were both contestants competing for Flavor Flav. My God. Um, but Pumpkin spit on New York. Yes, she did. In New York, somehow, Pumpkin is still alive today. Now, was that dual worthy? Should New York have put them home on her or this cheese? Okay, so this is the one I had to have on. To me, that is the ultimate form of disrespect. Yeah. It's for you to spit on somebody. That's horrible. But I ain't gonna lie to you. Every time I think about, you know, the late Representative John Lewis, you know, God rest his soul, that has been spit on multiple times. And would he be here if he had 10 fights, <laughs> you know, um, would the progression have really taken the, the journey needed to take if he was just always in jail? Because that's what he wanted. They wanted him to stay out the, out the picture. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I really do think about civil rights leaders every time I think about that because I'm thinking myself, that's the ultimate form of disrespect, and I can't tell you I would have that type of fortitude. I definitely, I can't tell you. Pumpkin that. would have to look over her shoulder today. Okay, <laughs> if I would have got you then, I'm definitely coming back another time. Anytime I see you on site, on site, and don't let me be old in the chair with my grandbaby pushing them because they're gonna know your face too, and they're gonna be like, hey, let me push you over here, grandma. <laughs> so. That is what it is. Well, oh, they still have some work to do on me. Hey, I can't, I can't say I'm in that exact same stock, you know, because that took a lot. That took yeah, a lot. You make a good point. I just don't think I'm. I'm and that's okay. Saying. That's okay. I can't, I'm telling you now, I'm 50 50. So you may want to just not do it to be safe because I don't know which one will come out. I'm not sure. <laughs> no clue. I appreciate that. That will wrap up. Oh, oh, wait,
and all one person. So <laughs> I do tell people that and they're like, so which one is your real job? Like all of them. Yeah. Absolutely all of them. <laughs> so tell us about your massage therapy. How did you get into that? How can they find you out here and get their life? Yeah. So with massage therapy, I made like this secret promise with God when I was about 14, 12, 14 years old. And I just noticed that there were a lot of hurt people behind the scenes. So we would have dancing and uh, be on stage and I start um, doing a little bit of uh, touring around. And I said, man, they're great on stage and they're wonderful at what they're doing, but they're really hurting. Like they're taping themselves up and drinking all kind of concoctions, trying to make sure their throats are all right. So um, I just made a point to say, you know, one day I'm gonna become a massage therapist so that way I can help people. And without until going to medical school and changing my career path, I just knew I wanted to incorporate that somewhere in my creative wheelhouse. I want to serve. And yeah, and that's really how massage therapy came to be. So the name of my practice is You Matter Massage and Wellness. And it's about not just massage therapy, but really about wellness as the whole artist. Mm -hmm. um, I do serve anybody, of course, but my specialization is with creatives because I understand how creatives work because I am one. Yeah. Yeah. So let's wrap back around to that now. Massage <laughs> therapy was born out of seeing artists, you know, mm -hmm. not be able to take care of themselves as, as best as they can. So let's talk about your art then. You dance, you sing, what you what you do Oh my gosh. So I'm just trying to just die as empty as I can. That's Ooh. that's what I'm trying to do okay. out here. So I do sing, um, I do dance, I do spoken word, um, I am an author. Um, I have a blog <laughs> and all of those really do encompass who I am and what I believe my purpose is which is to help people through education and through the arts you know so um, education comes with the massage therapy wheel a little bit you know help people understand what self-care is and what it's not um, it's more than a spa day um, and so then the next thing is that with the arts I just want to make sure people understand how to express themselves and to also interpret each other we use the arts, especially right now, to just get out some stuff. So I love working with people when it's in a classroom and if it's in a studio. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay, so what's your favorite form of dancing? Your favorite oh. kind of dance? Or do you have one? Oh you my gosh. You can love them all. I really do. Okay. okay, so I would say my first love. Yeah. My first love, as far as dancing is concerned, is actually step. Oh, I fell in okay. love with Step first. I did. I learned Step from TV. <laughs> can keep talking. I have a coming. Yes. Okay. So I fell in love from television. I watched Different World and from uh, there was a show that like a competition show where mm -hmm. people could step in competition with each other. And I remember just watching it, going, "I can do that." And I would get in, be in the house trying to mimic what I saw. And get all of my parents' nerves because <laughs> you know being loud. making a whole lot of noise, <laughs> um, and stomping all that too. Like, wait a minute, hold up, that's our floor. <laughs> but that's my first love. Everything else kind of came out of that. I was playing the piano since I was four, and so I was already musically inclined mm -hmm. and had the musical ear, so to speak, and was singing in church. But I didn't like to sing because I was really shy. And to me, stepping was a form of me talking without me talking. I like that. Now, as you speak of step, I look at your skirt here and your scarf, <laughs> and it like just dawned on me. Why are these colors important to you? Well, you know, today, 
and every day um, is a royal day. Mm. And so as a proud member of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated, established in 1922 on the campus of Butler University. Let them know by seven amazing educators. <laughs> um, I just deemed it be proper, you know, in light of all this uh, womanhood, queen, no magic we've been seeing, um, just feel like, why not? Let's just yeah. go ahead and pay homage to, to the family. And it just clicked to me. Like, it was like, <laughs> but that was, as you were sitting here talking about Steffi, because I promise you, some of the, like, hardest, like, passionate, impassioned steppers I've seen happen in SG Rose. Like, I even mm -hmm. remember, at Auburn, our chapter was small, mm -hmm. but they were, they had presence. Like, you knew yeah. when, whether it was strolling or anything, like, they were, like, loud and forceful and just, you know, here. Like, yeah, I, yeah, you have to be. Hard. You I'm have hard. to be. And so, like, as my fellow sister Greek here mm -hmm. said, that's, it's so true. Like, pretty much, in especially in the South, at least, there's just not a lot of SG Rose that are going to be on a campus. You're going to not see, you know, 40 or 50, you know, or 60. You're just not going to see that. Yeah. So you have the first thing you really learn is, okay, can you stand alone? Can you be mm -hmm. in a room by yourself and be confident in who you are and do that? And so it's not surprising you said that because that's no, one of the first things they you asked you. <laughs> we had, at one point, we did have one SG Rose on campus. I believe her name was Montanique, but I I really believe it was Montanique. Please forgive me, brother. But I believe her name was Montanique. And she definitely stood alone. <laughs> definitely. She yeah. was not afraid to get out there and stroll by herself. That's it. She was not afraid to, like, oh, it's a Unity Yard show. I'm going to come out here too. That's it. Like, That's it. And we, I'm a Delta guys. But, like, I remember I would be sitting there with my line sisters. And, you know, of course we feel fine. We in a group. But Montanique never hesitated to at any point let you know that's right. that, stigma, um, that the SG Rose was in the house. So that's like, right. I was at a yeah. whole wedding and like <laughs> also SG Rose there. But they played back that thing up and that's one of our signature strolls. Yeah. So of course I was going I to I am going to get out there. Yes, <laughs> and I'm right on par again. You're an educator. I feel like they need to put you on the SG Rose poster. <laughs> <laughs> On the, um, you need to be on a chapter guide or something, <laughs> whatever else you be doing in there. Um, so in your quest, in your journey of servanthood, as mm -hmm. all the ways you go out spilling yourself um, throughout your life. So we talked about massage therapy. Mm -hmm. We talked about your dance. I want to delve into, you mentioned a bit of spoken word, but let's talk about like your life with words here. So mm -hmm. you're an author, you're a blogger. Let's talk about that, your, your written words. We'll get into yeah. verbal a little later. So sure. when, when did you notice, like, hey, you know when I be writing stuff, it sounds good? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the back of my grandmother's and grandfather's Cadillac. <laughs> that okay. is when I realized that. In the back of the cat. Back of the caddy, okay? Um, I was the only child, you know, so a lot of times my grandparents, if they need to do something, I just get in the car and mm -hmm. they go yeah, run my, my errands. My parents were my primary babysitter. Right. <laughs> um, I didn't get siblings, so I was seven. So for the first seven years of my life, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. Right, right. And so being with them and being an only child, I mean, I had to entertain myself. And my biggest entertainment were books. I loved books. So I'd always have a book, notepad or notebook, and a pen or pencil, always. Like that was every single time we got in the car. And my grandmother used to call it my little house. She'll say, what you doing in your little house back there? And I'd always be writing something. And I remember having these big uh, astronomy books or 
you know, book about plants or something. I'd always be trying to deep dive into something. Why am I doing an elementary school? I don't know, but <laughs> I was. And I remember in kindergarten, uh, God rest her soul, wherever she is, I hope you'll laugh, but if not, God bless her family. Miss um, Garrison, she was so empowering to me as a writer. I wrote a story called The Woman and the Baby, and it was like a, um, an adaptation from me and my mom. Okay, you better adapt. Yeah, I know, right? So I wrote it, and it won this school award to then be submitted to uh, this competition down in Montgomery, like with the state. Um, or the county, and then it well, got to be a finalist for the state. And I was like, what? So here I am in kindergarten, like, wait, like y'all understood what I was saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> this made sense to you? If I did some jibble jabble? Like, okay. And I just knew then that I, I may not talk a lot, but I knew that what I said made sense and it connected with somebody. And so she just funneled back into me, just like, hey, you know, keep writing. You did a great job. You know, don't ever let anything stop you from writing. And you know, um, don't feel like you have to uh, be anything else other than what you what you call to be. And she just would always just pour into. Teachers are amazing. We don't really first they don't get enough credit at all. But they everybody's had a teacher. Yes. You know, everybody's had a teacher. So yes. you just stop and think about how impactful they can be and mm -hmm. refreshable in your life, whether that's good or bad. True. You know? True. It's a blessing to be able to have somebody who loves beneficial and yeah. speak those things into you. Because sometimes our parents, like, they be so busy parenting, you know, they may yes. not get to pick up on every little thing. And it's not intentional, yeah. but they just may not get to pick up on every little thing. So mm -hmm. it's good to be able to have other adults and things in your life to pour into you. It's true. Because my mom is extroverted. And so I am the opposite of that. And a lot of times I just didn't feel comfortable saying a lot verbally at first. And so I'll write it down. And we even got to a point to where she would say, well, just write it down and give it to me. <laughs> because I couldn't say what I wanted to say. It would be too much emotion, and I couldn't get the words out. So she's like, well, just write it down. And I'd start writing her letters. I started writing her stuff and then, like, giving it to her or sliding on the door or, you know, <laughs> just trying to <laughs> let her know I got thoughts and feelings, lady. I just don't know how to get them out. <laughs> so that's how that also grew as well, you know, using it as a communication tool. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. Now tell us about your blog. What do you write about on here? I write motivation and inspiration for everyday life. So it is a faith-based blog, but it's a real talk faith-based blog. So I'm not about to tell you that everything is just honky-dory now that you are walking in the, the love of Christ. I'm going to tell you, hey, I know you want to beat up that person, but you didn't beat them up today. So let's praise God for that. Like <laughs> That's the real talk about this. You know, it has real prayers on there. You know, prayers like... Lord, I'm sick of your children. Come get them. Yeah. Or, you know, Lord, I need some help with this. Or why my marriage didn't work. You know, just I feel like we have to put some sort of tangibility mm -hmm. on on Christ's love towards us because that's how you're able to actually reach people that he wants you to reach. Mm -hmm. So that's what my blog is about. And even if you're not in the, the Christian faith, that's why I call it also inspiration. You know, um, I think anybody can get something from it. Even if you're just having a hard work week, I post on Wednesdays, and so if you're just having a hard week, you know, you can just kind of dive over to therightway.com and receive a little boost. I call it getting your, your vitamins, spiritual vitamins. <laughs> I like that, some vitamin C. Yeah, get your little vitamin C <laughs> and, you know, pop, pop a couple of those and just kind of go on about your day. Um, I think it's healthy for everybody to get some of that. <laughs> yeah, and so you've also written a book. Tell us more about that. How can you... How did you transition from like, okay, great, got this blogging thing down, 
like to okay <laughs> i can write this book i got this book how did your idea come together tell us a bit about your writing process and mm. where we can find this book and support oh my first thank you i appreciate that i started writing the book eight years before i published it wow so that makes me feel so much better so, <laughs> so, so i've had a book idea in this brain oh my i'm praying it don't take eight <laughs> years but just to hear that it was like to me, when people write books, I'd be like, dang, how they do that? Oh, I can't, you know, like, yes. how did they just get it out there? It must be something wrong with me. So, yes. okay, this That's idea took a minute. It okay. took a minute. It, it took a minute. And for some people, you know, you may be able to just crash it out. But for me, I, I didn't. It took me a minute because with writing it, I had a really close friend of mine pass away who was also editing my book, too. And when she passed away, it just threw me off my axis. And I was like, well, I don't want to write. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to write right I'm now. I'm going to just go emote. Yes, <laughs> I need a good minute. And so it took, a, oh my gosh, it took months to get out of that that writer's block. But once I finally was able to, to crack through and realize that I was really grieving, mm -hmm. because in my mind, if she wasn't going to be here to edit it, then where do I go now? You know, because she was also going to publish it too. She had a publishing and company. And she was a friend. Like, you and she was my sister. Just, outside <laughs> of all the writing, let me miss my friend. All of that. Yeah. When I tell you, all that was just bundled all up. Yeah. You know, and so it took a minute to really shine a light on that and say, oh, that's why I don't want to write. You mm -hmm. know, and then start combing that through. And once I did, then that just seemed to be the, the will of words to come back to finish it out. You know, so I did start like, literally eight years before it published because i just like okay i don't know what it's gonna be but all right let's just go ahead and go for it <laughs> and i just start writing it so the name of the book is the morning after and um it's not what people think it is <laughs> i normally get this strange look like what is that about um but it, it does include a couple of morning afters, but it's not about the morning afters. Yes, it does. It's, <laughs> um, it's really about a main character. Her name is Elise, and she meets a stranger. And in meeting that stranger, both of them have to kind of understand how to adjust to hardships, but then also how to adjust to those morning afters. You know, what happens after the chaos? You know, how do you adjust to that? And how do you move forward? Um, that's what it's really, really going, going forward with. Okay. <laughs> but it does have a, you know, has a couple of, couple of intimate moments there. <laughs> yeah, gotta be real. Gotta have some real talk in that. <laughs> and where can they find it? Where can they buy it? Yeah, so you can buy it on Amazon.com, uh, BarnesandNoble.com, BooksAmillion.com. Uh, that's where you can get a Kindle also. It's on yeah, Kindle, so you can it. download it on Kindle. Be, you know, swiping and reading. <laughs> Okay, yes. so we're sitting here today doing this lovely D Jasmine Tea podcast, but we also have another podcast. We do. That is amazing. It is coming up <laughs> on this fourth season. Ooh, and it's called the Queens Be Like Podcast. Yes. Um, and that idea was another. You know, once upon a time it was a thought, and mm -hmm. then now it is a real intangible thing that you guys can listen to as well. Mm -hmm. um, so speak a little bit about that experience. Like, what is it like, you know, we talked about your reading words. What is it like expressing yourself, you know, putting this conversation out here in the world and I didn't say it and that's it. Like, is there any, <laughs> are there ever any like, ooh, did I say that moment? Yes. Or is it just like, you know. <laughs> 
it's a lot of those moments and a lot of those, you know what, I, I did say that <laughs> moments, you know, where you just kind of bow up, like, yeah, I did say that, that need to be said, mm -hmm. and I just want to stand by it. Um, I love working with the Jasmine tea, first of all, on Queens Be Light, so I got to give you okay. your flowers. I love working sis. with you too. I got to give you flowers. Yeah. Uh, when I met this queen here, and she was like, hey, so, I really feel like you the person that's supposed to be be with me on this. Like you're you're my co-host. I'm like, I'm is, you know. I had an idea <laughs> for the podcast, and I was telling somebody about it, and they were like, oh, you know, it'd be really great if you know you had like a co-host. Like if you were talking to someone, people tend to be more engaged in conversation. And I had never really thought about it like that. And then the introverted me was like, another person. <laughs> like I don't want to ask them to like give me their time and right, you know conversate right. like. I don't know why I'm still working through whatever is in the door, but I always feel like I'm infringing upon people. Same. So I didn't want to reach out and be like, well, she is living her life. I don't want to interrupt her mm. and ask her to do this thing. But then I went to an event um, around your book. True. And um, when I went home and I was thinking, I was like, oh, man, I feel like she would be like right on par. Like, here we are. We, can, we share a great connection in terms of our faith. Um, but also, like she said, like real life faith. And that was something that was important to me because I feel like as a preacher's kid, I spent so much of my life being like the poster yeah. of what Christianity is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. But then the more I grew up, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Um, Y'all didn't tell me about all this realness of life and how to handle these situations, yes. how to navigate it. Yes. And so that's what I wanted to talk about on Queens Be Like Podcast. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why it's called Queens Be Like Podcast because in my time with God, I would always feel like I would just be like, like, hey, Jesus, like, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, Yo, yeah. my prayers weren't like, you know, Father God, I come to you today right now. <laughs> I no. feel like they were a bit more like your prayers. Like, hey, God, they really getting on my nerves. I'm yes. like, reach out and touch them, help me. Yes. Um, so that's how I was, I just felt so, I felt the connection. And I felt mm -hmm. like, this is it. Same. So I very much appreciate you. <laughs> oh, gosh. When you asked me, it clicked. And I was like, you know what? I wasn't looking to do a podcast. But I had been told I need to do a podcast. So it was one of those things I was like, I'll do a podcast later, mm -hmm. somewhere, in the line. But then when you came and, 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 and were like, hey, this is what I want to do, and this is how I think we can work together, and it just, it made sense. It spiritually made sense. It spiritually clicked to me. And I was like, you know what? This is exactly what I've been praying for. I've been praying for a spiritual partner in all of this you know too and so yeah i i love the podcast i love that we have a lot of real sisterly moments <laughs> yeah like that's what it gets me like sometimes now after we record i try to just let go and let god yeah but um i do feel like just in our connection like sisterly connection here it does lead to a lot of real conversations simply because i just feel comfortable with you like i same and my when we be sitting on the couch you know filming or recording I just be talking to you and so yep. that's how i feel like a lot of the realness and the um sincerity comes through um i just try not to be focused on the fact that everybody in the world could possibly listen but this is true the benefit of our conversations <laughs> together you know it's what needs to be done right right um so is here is my like we're currently on my little spinoff here yes like hey you are also interested in starting your own podcast oh, as well yes i am so tell us a little bit more about um the idea behind that and so, what we can look forward to oh my so yes <laughs> i am blogging 
at therightwave.com. Mm -hmm. And the theme of that blog is listening at the speed of life. So when God gives you those whispers, you don't have to always wait till you are a crisis to listen for God's voice. You know, he talks to us throughout our journeys, not just when there's something wrong. And so that's where the motivation and inspiration comes from. Well then, transitioning to podcast style, um, I make inspiration and motivation for busy humans. And I'm thinking, okay, these are for people that feel like they don't have enough time to read their Bible, which we do, but they feel, you know, you feel like you don't. You're like, where did the time go? All of a sudden it's midnight. Oh my gosh. Right. So I make content for those people. And what my podcast is being prepared to host is motivation, inspiration for those busy humans that are like, look, you know, I'm on my lunch break, but I'm about to lose it. Or I had to step out from this board meeting. I got five minutes, <laughs> you know, I need, I need something, help me out. Um, I'm also getting into affirmations, um, self-care uh, affirmations that you can mm -hmm. listen to so that way you can soothe yourself and soothe your soul if you need to calm down. <laughs> so if you need some, some juice to amp up, you have that, but you're also able to cool down, but they'll all be uh, five minutes. I like that because I feel like it is very much like everything you say, I was like, yes, I can. Because <laughs> um, sometimes you do just need to go have a little talk with Jesus, but you don't really need to do the talk. <laughs> sometimes, that. you know, it's just like, yes, I need to connect here and I might be too frustrated to verbalize it. Or I might be at work and I can't speak to you, but let me put my headphones in and listen right quick or something. Mm -hmm. um, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Thank you. And yes. I think it'll also be beneficial because... I know you guys can hear right now, but she often gets compliments on her voice. Oh my goodness. And just how soothing <laughs> it is. Like, so you can go back, go ahead and listen to Queen's Be Like podcast. You'll hear. She's like quite, you know, just eloquent. <laughs> eloquent with it. Graceful, you know? I feel like I just be like loud and country sometimes. Oh, um, but she she definitely be bringing in like the flow. <laughs> the flow. That's that's good to know. I keep that in mind. <laughs> just be you. Don't even think about it. No, just keep talking. Right. You're already here. <laughs> okay, so since we talked during the podcast or while we were filming the podcast um, about Bridgerton mm -hmm. and Daphne, we're gonna wrap up here with a question. Uh, just I would like you to give a bit of word of advice to someone who might be in Daphne's position, like, hey, I'm out here dating right now, and I don't really know who to pick or how to pick. So can you speak a bit to like how you can go out? We talked about lists and how, you know, it may not be so great to have this rigid set list of what you want out of a partner. You gotta have right. a little bit of flexibility in there. Um, can you speak a bit of like, how do you set those preferences? like? You know, it's easy to look on the outside and be like, I want somebody tall, dark, handsome, whatever. Right. Um, but how do you set preferences and guidelines that also serve yourself? Sure. I think that Daphne is a low-key feminist. She is. Uh, for sure. <laughs> um, and I think that that's where you have to tap into a little bit in order to advocate for yourself um, during your dating journey. Because... It's not so much just about, you know, whether a guy's just gonna pick you. You know, I don't like when women feel like they're in this lineup and they just have to wait for a guy to pick mm -hmm. them. That burns my biscuits. <laughs> I can't stand that because yes, you are the prize. I get it, that's true. But we're not playing Red Rover here. You know, you have a choice too. Is this someone that you like? Don't just feel like, okay, well he, 
he'll do. So all right, we go ahead. And I feel like a lot of times women feel like they have to have that role. They have to placate there in that space. And you don't. You know, you're too hopefully adults <laughs> that can make a mature decision about your love life. You know, what are we? Are you interested? Where do you see yourself in five to ten years? Like, what are your goals? Do you have hobbies? <laughs> you know, what do you like to do for fun? Those to me are the basics that you need to know that will grow you for 50 years. And then for some people, again, you know, God forbid, but you don't know what those 50 years will look like. Mm -hmm. You know, so you need something that's going to anchor you. Somebody you can laugh with, you know, make a joke with. Is this somebody that every time they get upset, they cuss you out? You know, like stuff like that or things like, no, you don't have to settle for that, sis. <laughs> you really don't. Um, so I would say just definitely pray, kind of, you know, make sure you get your discernment on about where you need to be maneuvering. Um, but just don't accept anything thinking that that's all you can attract. It's yeah. not true, you know, and focus on what you bring too. You know, you're, you're a hot commodity. So <laughs> focus on what you bring. You know, if you know that you are, you are an excellent communication person, then say, Hey, well, I love to communicate. And so I just want to let you know that if we have an issue, yeah, I'm going to come to you and ask it. you a question. Like, just let that stuff kind of flow. Cause mm -hmm. I'll tell people I'm, and it's not being arrogant, it's just being for real. Once I got my identity in Christ on what I feel like I am, I'm dope. I'm a dope woman, and I'm a dope black woman, and I'm a dope black educated woman, and then we can just keep going. <laughs> but the whole point, <laughs> keep going. the whole point is that when God made me, he already made me like dope straight out the box. And so I had to embrace that first. And so if someone comes into that field and we join together, it's going to be awesome. If we don't, I'm still going to be awesome. <laughs> so I, you have to come to that grips first, I think, before you can kind of get lost in the sauce. Yeah, I think that's beautiful because it speaks a lot. Basically, you spoke so much to like knowing yourself yeah. and appreciating yourself. And I think it's important um, in terms of like dating and kind of looking around, kind of determining is this person for me or et cetera. Um, to try to find someone that helps, that makes you feel seen, mm -hmm. and makes you feel understood. Um, but, but in order to do that, you got to see and know yourself. True. You got to be real and honest with yourself about who you are, where you at, and what you like. You know. Mm -hmm. um, and if you want to change some stuff, do that. But find somebody that kind of not just matches your fly, but like matches your matches your inside and make you yeah. feel like when I'm done for the day being superwoman, I can come home and take my cape off. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I feel like Daphne does when she's pushing the dude. You know, like that's love too. She's like, hey, you know, I gotta call you out on your BS, dude. <laughs> you know, what you doing? And she does that throughout the whole, you know, rest of the series. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, wait a minute. What we doing? And what are you doing? And that's, that's what you really need also. You need to where both of you all can grow together. And I believe that's what attracted him to her too. You know, everyone else was just like, oh, he's fine. <laughs> okay, that's cool. And he'll do. Alright, you know, and that's it. And he knew he was more than that. But now he has someone that can see past that yeah. and it freaks him out. I was just gonna say it makes me she probably like, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's like, Whoa, whoa, wait. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, ready for all that. <laughs> oh yeah. And that happens. That happens too. You know, you have somebody that can peer into your soul and you're like, Whoa, I wasn't ready. Just mm -hmm. hold on a second. But, you know, don't 
don't fly away from it because that may be also what you need too. Yeah. So just yeah, be confident in yourself, be open, but know you work too, you know. All of that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for this lovely input. That will wrap up our bonus interview segment of the Jasmine Tea. Make sure you're watching us every Thursday at 7 o'clock on Facebook Live and listening wherever podcasts are found. Make sure you send all of your questions, comments, and observations to djasmintpc at gmail.com. And I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.